Hello, this is Mr. Galley from GCSE English Revision Pod with a quick message for you. If you want even more English Revision Pod in your ears, you can now subscribe to our premium service, GCSE English Revision Pod Plus, where for the price of just over £2 a month, on top of all the amazing free episodes, which will continue to be free and there for you to use, you can also get a selection of amazing bonus episodes on things like Macbeth, A Christmas Carol, Romeo and Juliet, and all your favourite topics covered in the depth and detail that you are used to. If you are interested in getting even more GCSE English Revision Pod, all you've got to do is click the link at the top of this episode description, where you can subscribe to GCSE. English Revision Pod Plus. Hello and welcome to GCSC Revision Pod. Just moving my phone into the middle of the table there. I'm not an arrogant man. I don't feel like I should deserve more of the airtime or anything like that. Better we... than your voice is too loud already. Well, exactly. So now the phone is properly positioned. We can say to you that we are now going to bring you our third podcast on AQA language paper two and we are going to focus today on question number four yes yes so this is a really um uh, challenging question it's worth 16 marks and I would spend probably about 20 minutes maybe up to 25 depending on your time as your exam mm-hmm. um uh, the reason it's challenging though having marked this is because of the skills that it's testing do you want to talk a little bit more, having marked this paper, Mr. Galley? Yeah, I mean, what you're essentially looking for is here. Your The skills of comparison and language analysis are important, but what is perhaps equally important is making sure that you focus on those keywords from the paper, the writer's viewpoints and perspectives. This question is all about comparing, via the medium of language analysis, how the writer's feel what's their opinion what's their viewpoint on the topic they're talking about but also how they use their methods to do that so essentially to summarize it's comparing writers methods and their ideas yeah and the methods they use to present their exactly that's a much more concise way of saying it so obviously as usual rtfq and atfq read the full question Mm -hmm. and answer the full question obviously you might use a different f word if you so desire but we would not condone swearing no um, these, this is really, really important. So lots of people on this question, they, they just write about the ideas and they forget to talk about the methods. So a nice, concise way to think about this is kind of like a bit of an equation for a bit of cheeky maths. Yes. This is like question two plus question three yeah. equals question four. Absolutely. So all the skills from question two and all the skills from question three is all in there. Put them all together in a big soup and you will hopefully get yeah. a tasty question four answer. So the kind of the question, I mean, if we turn in our packs then to page um, to page 11 mm-hmm. oh by the way on that note please stop now and download the uh, language paper to kitten pack yeah. that, um, there's a link for it in the bio of this podcast and if you're on Spotify you might have to copy and paste it into a browser in order to get it yes and also uh, we should also say that we have already done two podcasts on language paper two and we are going to be focusing on the same extracts today so really it would make an awful lot of sense for your revision if you haven't already to go and listen to the podcast we did on question two and question three first because then that will allow you to brush up on all the skills we're going to talk about now and you will have already experienced the two texts we're going to talk about, right? Yeah. And if you haven't read the texts on Aberfan and London um, on page 9 and 10 of the pack, if you could go away, download the pack and read those now. Welcome back. You better have read them, you mm. cheeky, cheeky devils. 
Um, uh, question four. Let's read question four, and then I'm going to talk you through how to structure a question four. We'll pick out some ideas from the two sources you might want to analyse, mm-hmm. and we'll read part of a model answer, talking you through how we constructed it. That's going to be the plan of attack. Then there's two other papers in this pack that you can have a go at yourself. Exactly. You can take what we tell you today and go away and have a go at yourself. Because, lazy toads, the best way to revise <laughs> is not simply reading and listening to what we've done, active revision doing things having a go at actually answering some questions yourselves you must do things do it Mm -hmm. so quote Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah very Very uh, terrible accent sorry very Um, well done so question four for this question you need to refer to the whole of source A this is on page 11 Mm -hmm. together with the whole of source B compare how the writers convey their different ideas and perspectives of the events that they describe Compare their different ideas and perspectives. Compare the methods they use to convey their ideas and perspectives. Support your response with references to the text. Yes. So uh, the bullet points are really useful in this question because they remind you of those key skills. And I would always tick them off as I do them because lots. if, if you only mention the ideas and not the methods, you're mm. automatically being in the bottom half of the band, yeah. which means you're losing two or three marks for no reason. And the grade boundaries are only about four or five marks apart, so you're, you're potentially going down half a grade for just silliness. Yeah, So. This question, obviously, these two sources that we've talked about in the last two episodes are on natural disasters. Source A is on a landslide in the Welsh town of Aberfan mm-hmm. that killed a lot of primary school children. Source B is on a, a minor earthquake um, felt in London in 1863. Yeah. And what we're looking at is the writer's ideas and perspectives on the events. So we're not talking about the events. We're talking about, as the paper suggests, what does the writer think about that event? What's yeah. the writer trying to get across about the event? Is it serious? Is it funny? Is it a desire? You know, what are, what are they trying to tell us? What's their message? Yeah. And then once you've got that, how do they do it? How do they do it? What metaphors? What similes? Mm-hmm. What words do they use that get across In that order perspective? To do it. But very much worth saying that starting with the writer's ideas and perspectives yeah. is going to help you a lot here. Because if you get your head around... Um, that comparison, if you get your head around the comparison between what the writers are saying about their two chosen topics, after you've done that, the language analysis aspect of it will make a lot more sense. And let's be clear here, we need to avoid vague things like they're trying to entertain us, they're trying to inform us. You need to be precise, what do they think? So try and think, is it, they present it in a positive way, a negative way, a serious way, a humorous way. Are they trying to teach their audience something? Are they trying to teach something? Are they perhaps not, are they perhaps trying to undermine something, subvert something. Right. What are they trying to do? So if we turn to page seven in our packs, I'm going to quickly talk you through a way of structuring your answer. Then we'll pick out some ideas and then we'll read your model answer. Mm -hmm. So I would start a paragraph. So the truth is, don't say to us, Mr. Forster and Mr. Galley, how many paragraphs do I write? No. The answer is... I heard that question so many times on Tuesday morning. So (laughs) annoying. The truth is, you look at the time and you think... I've got about 20 minutes, maybe up to 25. How much can I write in that time? Yeah. It might be one paragraph that's really detailed. It might be two. It might be three, depending on how quick you are. Just to clarify, how much can I write at the top level of my ability yeah. in that time? Not how much can I write in that time. What can, what, how much can I do of my best work in yeah. that time? So one way of structuring a paragraph is like this. It's on page seven at the bottom. Mm. I'd start with a topic sentence that compares the viewpoints of the two writers and ATFQs, answers the flipping question, the, yeah. the full question. The full question, yeah. Um, so some, um, we'll give you an example of that in a minute, but talk about their viewpoints and make sure you focus on the question. Mm-hmm. Um, 
this will be slightly different from question two, because question two, you'll be comparing something different. So you need to be careful that you're not just repeating question two, because it's, it's, it's very likely that, that, that they will have different focuses. Yeah. So, for example, there was a trap, um, I think it was last year or the year before, where um, one was talking about the, the perspectives of drivers, the other one was the perspective about cyclists. So mm. actually, they seem similar, but they, they weren't. Yeah. So, um, Secondly, what I've then done, uh, I'd get some quotations that are embedded and contextualised from source A, mm-hmm. which show this viewpoint. Yep. Then I'd zoom in on some words, phrases, language features from these quotations. Mm-hmm. So metaphors, similes, the connotations of words. Comment on the effect in detail um, and make inferences about what they show about the writer's perspectives. You'll see this is combining the skills from question two and question three. Yes. Making inferences about their perspective based on metaphors, similes and other language yep. analysis. Then what I do, D, a connective. This might be a new paragraph or it might be the same paragraph. Mm-hmm. Um, then a point contrasting the viewpoint in source B with what you just analysed in source A. And then you just basically and then go the same through the thing. whole Quotations, again. zoom in on words, phrases, language features, inferences about the effect. And also say, not only say why they're different, but also say how far are they different. What kind of difference what is it? What kind of difference? Is it yeah. a big difference, a small difference? Is it markedly different? Is it, only a, uh, is it actually a similarity that contains within it a difference? Mm, that will make more sense as we start doing it, yeah. I think, as we go through the so, example. So we're looking at the perspectives on the events. So the events are the landslide in source A and mm. the earthquake that isn't very serious in source yeah. B. So should we have a look at source A then and think about what's the perspective of the writer on this landslide? Yeah, absolutely. What's immediately jumping out at you, Mr. Galley? Well, he's conveying, I think, the... So we're back on page nine now. We're back on page nine now. I mean, a big thing that's coming across, of course, is the severity of the incident and the deep sense of tragedy that he's trying to convey. And I think all the way through, there's a tone of sort of absolute horror, an almost biblical sense of what a colossal disaster, what an unfair, terrible event this was to happen. Yeah, and we can talk about the, the contrast between this quite domestic connotations of, of Abathar being tucked away like a child in bed and then the personification of the Tip 7 as a malevolent killer stalking its victims. Perhaps highlighting how unfair. I mean, something like this is always unfair, of course, whoever it happens to, but perhaps that sense of it being this little place that's tucked away, almost like nobody cared about it and that was why something so terrible was allowed to happen to it. And this is very different from Source B, because actually Source B has is, is got quite a humorous tone. He's yeah. mocking the idea of the earthquake. It's so minor, it's hardly noticed at all. Yeah. In fact, he uses kind of um, uh, exaggeration to describe how in Midlands it, you know, it broke crockery, yeah. um, you know, which is hardly a, a serious thing at all. It's almost of, oh, how quaint, we had an earthquake. It's yeah. a very much undermining the seriousness of the... Uh, so so in terms of comparing their perspectives, one is clearly trying to paint this bleak, disturbing picture of something horrific that's happened. Mm. The other is quite humorously engaging with, with, with a minor earthquake that's more of an object of quaint interest yes. than a serious natural disaster. So straight away, that has framed your answer, really, hasn't it? We've got one text that we, you might go into more specifics with your topic sentences for each paragraph, but the overall shape of our answer is going to explore one, te- one writer who is conveying the horror and the tragedy of an event versus another who's conveying the sort of humour and the, the slight intrigue around an event. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we can look at an example on page 17 then. Oh, having, having a quick go at a paragraph. So there's a model yeah. answer on page 17. It's quite long. It's got three paragraphs. Do you need to write three paragraphs, I hear you ask? 
<laughs> don't ask about number of paragraphs. <laughs> it's all about the quality and the level at which you're writing. Because again, a quick reminder, dear listeners, mm. the mark you get on the mark scheme is the highest point your answer reaches. Exactly. So if you had three paragraphs, two at level two and one was at level three, you'd get a level three. Yeah. So the truth is you need to not worry about the amount you're writing. It's but the quality, quality of what and, you're the, and that you are answering the question yeah. and that you're filling the time and getting your timings right. Yeah. The truth is, if you get the timings right in this paper, you will write enough. Yes. So let's read um, from this model answer. The topic sentence, first of all. The writer of Source A... This is on uh, page 17, page by 17. the way, if you are following along in the pack. The writer of Source A seems dispassionate at first as he paints the picture of gloomy, isolated Abafan as it lies tucked away from sight and mind. So we're talking initially about um, Source A. If we want to improve that even more, we can immediately make that comparison a bit more clear. Yeah. So in fact, no, let's do the other one. Um, I, I prefer the other paragraph. Sorry. Um, let's go for paragraph two, sorry. Oh, it's a better topic sentence. Oh, right. So whatever idiot wrote this paragraph. I oh, know, you're falling over your own, uh, your own pack at this point. This is so, embarrassing. Page 17, sorry, um, halfway down. A further difference between the two writers' perspectives on the events they described is their respective suggestions of who is to blame. So the topic sentence is comparing, saying they think different people are to blame for these events. Right, okay. So this is a really clear um, topic sentence. Let's look at source um, A. Whilst the use of the passive relating how disaster struck and the simile describing the tips as being seemingly dumped by the hand of God initially seem to elide, that means overlook, the agency of the mining corporation, there are clear hints as to who is really to blame. The writer emphasises, for example, that it was too expensive for the company to dispose properly of the mining waste. From this, it's certainly possible to, inf- uh, to draw the inference that the mining companies valued their economic prosperity over the lives of the workers. Nevertheless, it's important to note the writer does not explicitly criticise these companies, nor does he even name them, something which is perhaps indicative of a reluctance to directly apportion blame for the tragedy. Right, good. So you're coming in from this angle that Source A is essentially... St- sounds like it begins to describe it as an act of God, but then it quickly becomes evident that they are saying that, no, actually, someone is to blame for this. But... They don't explicitly go in on them, but we can infer that there's a kind of anger in their tone that they believe that this could have been avoided and shouldn't have happened. Yeah. So then we get on to source B. The earthquake in source B is, of course, markedly different. So we're saying it's very, very different. Mm-hmm. As it's presented throughout as a natural disaster. Mm-hmm. So the difference is, one is all you know, the mining corporation saying this is, actually is a natural disaster. The writer's use of the passive case here is thus maybe less surprising than it was in source A, emphasising how Britannia's fabled rock has been shaken from its base how edge bast and successive shots were plainly felt, how houses were shaken <coughs> to their foundations, as it highlights how no one was responsible for what happened. OK, so you came in with your clear difference. One explores the blame factor, the other um, holds no blame. Of course, it is just a natural disaster. And then you've picked apart language, you've done some inference, you've basically covered everything you need to do on that paragraph on page yeah. 17, yeah? yeah? So what I think we'd like you to do now is we'd like you to turn to page... Um, page 21 in, uh, sorry page 23 in your packs we'll have a quick read of this um, question together because this is a really hard question yeah. um, and then actually it, um, back once you've done that back on page um, so once you've been on page 17 you can then eventually go back to page um, hang eight. on you just said you just said 23 which oh, page 23. Do you want to go sorry. to sorry uh, my brain's no, not this working is a, this is a disaster page 23 this doesn't happen on Mr Bruff's videos <laughs> so page 23 yeah. let's turn that so the second example, we want you to have a go at now, and I actually want you to write this, because the best way to revise is by actually doing something. Okay. The, this question says, um, it's, these are two sources. One is on um, the Glastonbury Festival mm-hmm. and their perspectives on that festival. One is Charles good Dickens festival. writing about um, a fair in London in 1839 yeah. and his perspective on that festival. 
So if you've not read these yet, it'd be a really good chance to have a go and read them now. Yeah. Remember, though, whenever you read the text, start by reading the summary at the top of the source. So these are on pages 21 and 22. Good thing you're here, Mr. Galley. <laughs> Welcome back. You read them? I haven't, but I hope our, lead, our dear listeners have. Uh, so, I have. So the question <laughs> is, for this question, you need to refer to the whole of source A together with the whole of source B. Compare how the writers have conveyed their different views and experiences of the festival and fair they describe. Mm-hmm. So this question is looking at their perspectives about the festival and fair and what they've seen and done there. Yeah. But it's all, again, it's about their perspective on it. Did they enjoy it? Was it enjoy it? Was it horrible? Um, so things you might pick out. And what I'd encourage you to do, um, uh, try and pick out some features yourself. Yeah. Have a go. Remember, the easiest things to analyse are actually metaphors and similes and personification and the connotations of words. We should perhaps say, of course, that again, I think that point that you made earlier, which is really nice, before perhaps going for the features, think about what is the overall opinion yeah. and belief of the writer. What is um, Elizabeth Day saying about Glastonbury? What was her experience of it? And then what is Dickens saying about this fair? And then so, within that yeah. framework, you can then start looking so for So, for example, features. my topic sentence might be something like, whilst both Glastonbury Festival and Greenwich Fair are described as chaotic events, it's immediately clear that the two writers had very different experiences. Yes. That's quite a precise difference. It's saying they're both chaotic, but actually the writers had very different, markedly different experiences. I might then look, for example, at... Um, at Dickens's kind of comic descri- his, his metaphors describing um, the crowd as dense mm. how it would swing you chaotically to and fro I might look at um, I might seem to kind of parallel this with Day's comic depiction of, depiction of the festival goes as survivors drawing upon the semantic field of natural disasters yes and I'd compare therefore what this shows about their experience of the, of the fair once you've had a go at that on page 8 there is a model answer that follows the structure we laid out that you can have a little look at and use that to check against your own writing. How similar was it? How different? So what we'd like to do now, have a go at that, uh, that question on page 23. Um, write your answer. Compare it to the model answer. There's also a mark scheme for this on page, um, on page 28. Have a little look at that mark scheme also. And yeah. Yeah, I think that's really good. I think we should just go through the pages again because I worry that we made it a bit mad. Okay. So to be clear, the two texts you're looking at to practice this are 21 and 22. The question is on page 23. Mr. Forster's fantastic model answer is then on page 8. And the mark scheme is on... Page 28. Page there 28. Is, there is, however, um, a contents page on the very front page of the pack Ooh, which talks fantastic. you through that um, above the cute picture of the kitten. That is very nice. Cool. Hopefully that helps. We will be back later today with a Question 5 podcast, if we can. I'm so excited. Brilliant. All right, we will see I'm you then. I'm excited. Follow us on Twitter at GRevisionPod. Email us at... EnglishRevisionPod at gmail.com. And we will see you later. Question 5.